Tonight's Survivor Know-It-Alls and the return of Stephen Fishback is sponsored by our friends over at Blue Apron. I love Blue Apron. It's the best because they send you a bunch of stuff, all the ingredients that you need to be able to cook and cook like a pro. Even if you don't know your way around the kitchen, cooking at home means you're going to eat healthier and save money instead of ordering expensive takeout again. But where do you start? Blue Apron has got you covered because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers all the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Just follow the easy step-by-step instructions. Each meal can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. That's about the time it takes to watch a Survivor episode, not a 90-minute episode like tonight. Uh, If you fast-forward the commercials, no overwhelming trips to the grocery store, no more sad takeout. You don't have to be like Aubrey, all depressed and having a breakdown over what's for dinner. So no matter what your dietary preferences are, Blue Apron makes it a breeze to discover and prepare dishes like, how about this vegetable chili with all the fix-ins, crispy tortilla strips, avocado, cheddar, sour cream, (laughs) or for you vegetarians, how about a roasted butternut squash with stewed white beans, gremolata, and Brussels sprouts. You can create and prepare dishes in your own kitchen with ingredients that you've never used before. All recipes are between 500 to 700 calories per portion. They're delicious and good for you. So right now, get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash R-H-A-P. It's blueapron.com slash R-H-A-P. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor no way to Yes, that's right. We are back, baby. We're back. We're back. <laughs> How is it going? Stephen Fishback, Survivor Know-It-All. Oh, my God. It feels so good to be in the Know-It-All's chair, you know? Uh, Wiggler did an amazing job last I feel like, though, I feel like, you know, I'm like the David Lee Roth of, of, uh, of the podcast. You know, he's like the Sammy Hagar, you know, probably a better technician, probably the chops are better, but my pants are tighter, and I've got more... <laughs> more emotional issues so (laughs) yeah the original lineup rob all right well get ready for the two guys that are gonna crawl inside your ear and uh end up with hopefully not a bloody eardrum at the end of this but you know steven is a yeller Uh, well i'm I'm trying to keep it you know i'm trying to contain myself yeah so very exciting night to have steven he's done well who's done well Mad money, the mad money. He's, yell, he's yelling. Jim Cramer? We're talking, we're doing financial news? It's a good start. It's a good start. You know, I'm a little bit rusty. All right. It's been, it's been a couple of months. Yeah. Steven has been around the world and back since we've last talked. 
here on the know-it-alls at least to Cambodia. And now he's back to talk about everybody who uh, looks for idols tonight and much, much more. This is, you, I noticed you have the, the knowing is know-it-all trophy behind you, Rob. Yeah, well, we can have a formal presentation next week <laughs> when Stephen Fishback are, and I are live back together in uh, the West Coast, on the West Coast for the West Coast Know-It-Alls next Wednesday night. So no live show next week, but we will be in person and recording a great show for you guys to hear on the podcast. Of course, you want to subscribe to RHAP for all of that here at the start of the season. It's going to be a big couple days here on the podcast. We're going to, of course, speak with King Darnell. What? How did this Unbelievable. happen? Unbelievable. Such a terrible first boot because... You know, I feel like he had a lot to offer this season. Yeah, I don't know. I was rooting for Alicia, that tribal council. I was really bummed out to see Darnell go home. I know. I, well, you know, there's something great about how much of a fish, like how much of a hot mess Alicia is. And as like, as an authority on hot messes, I feel like I can say that I think Alicia has a lot to offer this season. All right. So we'll have exit interview with Darnell. So check that out on Thursday. Plus, we got a great recap to start things off. Jeff Varner, your buddy. Oh, yeah. Going to have him recap with Jeff Varner and then voicemails with Bryce. So big couple days to recap this episode, but it all starts here tonight with the knowing is know it all back here. Oh my God. Steven, how surreal was it for you to watch an episode of Survivor that you were not on once again? Oh my God. It's so much better to be watching, to be judging based on limited information. Let let me start off by saying that, you know, if, if you're a contestant on this show or a relative or a loved one of a contestant on this show, just know that we're going to be getting it flagrantly wrong. We have very limited information. We have, you know, we have the uh, an edit that's incredibly cut down. You probably were amazing out there, and everything we think about you is completely off base. But, you know, we got to, you know, we, we got a show to produce here, people. You know, we got, we got airtime to fill. Yeah, we got like, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Like, we can't go through everything. And it's like, oh, well, you know, this person probably, you know, yeah. let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. People tune in to see us with, make, you know, crash decisions, you know, yeah. really quick takes on things. And that's what we're here to do. So, Stephen, this is a uh, very exciting. Let's let's dig into all of this. So, Survivor, Korong, are you excited for Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty once again? I mean, Kagayan, I think, was you know probably a lot of people's favorite season until until Cambodia came along. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely one of my favorite seasons of all time. Obviously, that that there's like some magic in that dynamic, uh, and I'm hoping you know I'm hoping lightning strikes twice. You know, I can't. I'm really ex- I legitimately am excited. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm uh, somewhat excited. You know, I feel like that my excitement has been sort of tempered. I saw yeah. yesterday I was watching where you were live with Jeff Probst and Parvati. And yeah. I feel like that Jeff, for the first time, I feel like ever is really trying to sort of like temper expectations on this season. So I'm sort of like, boy, the Jeff is throwing me off. Well, I think the issue is like just given how crazy last season was and, you know, I think there was so much so much last season we talked about, you know, we're pushing the game forward, we're pushing the game forward. And the very fact that this season was filmed beforehand, you know, it, it's like inherently kind of we're, we're taking a step backwards. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's got to be part of it. I also think with new players, you know, new players are never going to be as strategically kind of like meta, you know, as as returning players. You know, when you're a new player, you're like, 
on the beach. You know, you're like cutting your first coconut. You know, you're making your first alliance. Like, isn't this cool? We're like whispering with each other behind that person's back, you know? And, and when you're a returning player, that that's so old hat. So I think that that's, um, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a lag there. What a crazy tribal council, though, to start off with a 3-3 tie at the first tribal council, not a tie trang at the first tribal council, but a 3-3 <laughs> tie here. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head if we've even had a tie before at the first tribal council. I don't know. The I chat mean, room I, is going to like nothing's jumping out to me, but the uh, unless uh, unless it's like one of those things where where uh, when Francesca went out the first time, if they did like a 3-3-3 three, 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 uh, vote split. That might be actually the for the tie at Redemption Island, but Stephen three uh, three split for Darnell and Alicia, and I really was having a hard time following. I know that Darnell lost the goggles, but I feel like that that seems like since when are we voting people out based on that they screwed yeah. up in the challenge? Well, I've, so I'm of two minds about this, right? I'm maybe of, I'm maybe I'm of three minds about this, like. First of all, like this is the jock tribe, right? So like that's a given. Like we got the, the basketball player, you know, like if anyone is going to vote out someone just based on like one challenge flub, it's the jock tribe. But, you know, I also think there's probably more to it than that. Like you're like you're kind of implying. I mean, there's definitely stuff we didn't see. You know, typically that first boot is someone who's just not fitting in with the group. And as annoying as Alicia may have been, as much as she didn't uh, you know, as much as she didn't you know, contribute around camp, there probably was some crucial element to Darnell where he just, it was one of those kind of ineffable, you know, lack of jivingness that we've talked about. Um, he just didn't, my bet, you know, and I, I, I'm think, I imagine we'll probably hear this in, in the future is that, you know, Darnell just didn't have that kind of connection with a lot of the, a lot of the people in the tribe. Do you suspect that we had Alicia and we've seen uh, Kyle, Kyle Jason, talk about how he wants to play the Russell Hance game. Russell Hance yeah. is the only person that ever played this game correctly is a quote he said in his <laughs> pregame interviews. It's a very like questionable understanding of the word correct. <laughs> and so if you are going to come in the game and play as Russell Hance, yeah. doesn't it seem like that he might say, as Russell Hance famously said, I'm going to get my dumbass girls Alliance going. Right. Right. I can see that for sure. But he, but, you know, Jason's the one who, and I, I guess on the show they're calling him Jason, right? We should just we yeah. Should just go they're very confusing. First off, you never trust a person with two first names. Second yeah. of all, uh, Jeff Probst is coming out and doing the last name thing with the guy with two first names on the first episode. <laughs> Wait, what's his last? Is his last name Jason? Yeah, his the first oh, name's Kyle. That's why he's they're Kyle calling Jason. him Jason. He's getting a last name Jason. Yeah, and his oh, that's, last that's name that's is Jason. Sure. Jeff's that's calling him Jason. Sure. I'm like, who's Jason on this season? I had to go 40 days before I got fish back. I don't, I don't think he gets Jason on day one. Yeah. So go back to what you were saying at the trial. So we have this, this, it's going to be a four, two split. He's the guy who makes that. And I actually wanted to talk to you about this, Rob, because I'm, I'm not sure, you know, in my mind, this is a good move of Jason's to be flexible on his feet at that tribal. So Jason says, you know, to Scott and Jennifer who are sitting next to him, I don't like our choice. I think I'm going to flip. And in the vote, he does, which like, this is such a rare occurrence at tribal council. Like how often does this happen that at tribal, someone is like, you know what? I'm changing my mind. And normally I would say that's terrible. You know, like, why are you, you know, changing your mind at tribal is terrible. Your allies, they're not going to trust you anymore. Like tribal is your one opportunity to prove trust. Like, what are you doing? But somehow the way he did it, you know, he said to the Scott and Jennifer, like, 
I think I'm I'm switching, you know, and then he switched. Like, what do you think? Is it good or good decision or bad decision? I think it was a bad decision because you have to go back to camp with Alicia and That's we're talking funny. about that. Okay, well, maybe it's Kyle. He's playing like Russell Hans. He's gonna he wants Alicia in his back pocket. That's why he wants right. to vote out Darnell. And we'd say, Okay, not my favorite game play ever to say, Okay, I'm gonna be the new Russell Hans, but it's fun to watch. But then to vote against her, then he has to go back to camp with her. So to oh, go ahead. Sorry. So to me, I feel like that now you have Alicia instead of that. So like a vote in my pocket. That's somebody that you wrote my name down. Yeah. No, I mean, People I agree. Don't with forget you. that, she, Stephen. Remember? Yeah. You don't forget that. You get when someone writes your name down, you do not forget that. The other, the, the only thing is like, you know, I normally I would agree with you. Normally I would say, you know, like. That's just, you know, what, what a mistake. But there was just something about the, the, his kind of like the fact that he was so in the moment, you know, that he could say, I'm calling an audible. Let's go this way. Then his allies don't go that way. And he's like, all right, I'm back with you, you know? And I agree, like on like on the surface, like all of those bars, you know, switching your vote at tribal council, having to go back to camp with someone who you voted against, you know, all say probably not a great move. There was just something about how like present he seemed, which I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe there's something to this. And it's, you know, one episode in, you know, 60 minutes of airtime or whatever. Uh, I feel like it's too soon to make that call. I don't know. To me, I feel like that it, with Jennifer, it seemed like he was on the same page. But I kind of feel like that Scott Pollard is going to be a little bit like, dude, what, what, what are we doing here? You're switching your vote on me? Like, yeah. I felt like that he was sort of like maybe Jennifer is Jenny is his number one alliance. And he thought when she was saying that, oh, that really got to me when he talked about struggling. Maybe he thought that she was flipping also and she didn't. So and he then he sort of got caught his pants down. Right. That could be. That could be because they're like they're definitely she clearly was affected by that. And then you're maybe you're right. Maybe he was like coast going with her and then got it wrong. That's that's interesting. Anyway, I. I I agree. Like normally a flub. I didn't hate it here. People are going to definitely disagree with me because I think on a surface, like why, you know, what a mistake, but uh, I, I liked it. Now, do you think, was it actually about the scuba mask? Because I'm looking at this right. tribe dynamic and I'm wondering if maybe this tribe wasn't divided four to two based on that Darnell and Sydney looked like that they were tight. We saw them talking with each other and talking about how, you know, I trust Sydney and she trusted Darnell. Right. Did that seem like that was more of a shot across the bow of that two-person alliance and that losing the scuba mask was just a convenient excuse for the four-person alliance to take out that other competing alliance? I mean, that is, that's, that's sort of what I was suggesting earlier, that like probably Darnell is not fitting in around camp as much. You know, maybe they see Sydney and Darnell talking a bunch. You know, we certainly saw them kind of chattering off by themselves. And like, you know, when you're on a... You know, 30 by 30 square foot beach like you see other you see when two people are off by themselves um and then we also saw sydney kind of you know back with the other group you know you didn't really ever see darnell with the bigger group you know again very limited airtime but um you know maybe it's partially let's break that thing up right now right it's not just that's the other alliance let's undo it but like also let's bring sydney back into the fold yeah and Sydney, it looks like that she seems like somebody who is not going to deal with this well back at camp, that it seemed like there was that moment where Jeff said, like, uh, Sydney, you look like you're just trying to escape from a box right now. She's like, I am. Oh, really? I totally agree. Disagree with you. Like, I thought that, you know, when they were in the shelter, right, and they said to Sydney, 
um, hey, like, what do you think? Is are you okay with Darnell? And she was like, yeah, I'm all right with that. You know, that's and I thought that was such a great little moment from her to just be like, you know what, I'm not going to push my issue. I'll bring it up at tribal council and then so be it. You know, obviously she doesn't love Alicia and she, you know, maybe got heated in that moment. But I thought Sydney, if anything, was on the other end of the spectrum where she knows, like, I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm, I got to go where the group goes. Well, I think that she might have been OK with losing Darnell, but not as OK about keeping Alicia. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a smart. Yeah, that's a smart dichotomy or like uh, articulation of it. Um, yeah, it's funny. Alicia, Alicia just really feels like she's on the wrong tribe, right? Like, what is Alicia doing on the brawn tribe? She's a mental giant. She should be on the brains tribe. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, Alicia would do much better on the beauty tribe with those beauty. I had so, I felt so bad for Alicia. You know, it's like, that's how I felt on my day. First day of Cambodia. It's like, I, you go out there expecting a certain thing. And like, suddenly you're like, these are the people I'm with. And they're expecting what out of me? Like, this is not the game I signed up Mm -hmm. for. Like I'm supposed to be over there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. You know, too. Like, (laughs) so it's like, She's like, you know, suddenly she's in like the workhorse alpha bro camp. And it's like she wants to be with the beauty girls, like having the sorority alliance, you know, and and poor, she's easily the strong, the weakest person out there. Um, And she's being asked to define herself as a brawn. Like, what do you do in that circumstance? You know, she's trying to chip in with the weaving the palm frond. She's kind of screwing up with that. You know, she's she's <laughs> fighting the stick. Um, you know what? Yeah. I just it's like. That doesn't just, it's not just those moments, but that like, as I can testify, sets you really back on your heels in like all of your interactions with everybody where you're just sort of like frazzled. Being able to operate from a, from a perspective of strength and confidence totally changes the way you play the game. Yeah, I really feel like the, the scuba mask was a red herring because the puzzle was so close at the end. And really, you could say, all right, they overcame whatever Darnell did with the scuba mask. It was Alicia sort of uh, mumble farting with the puzzle and then uh, where they have to end up switching it out to have Scott Pollard come in to help with the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. She was literally just standing there. That was, that was kind yeah. of incredible. She wasn't even pretending to help. Okay. So many different things to talk about with this episode. Since we're talking about the Braun tribe, can we talk about Jenny and the ear monster oh from God. hell? I was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about that ear monster. <laughs> that was one of the most extreme moments in the show's history. Right. Thank you, Survivor. Thank you, Ear Monster, for curing me of any remaining desire I might have still had to play Survivor. Thank you. I'm out. I was right there. Like, that could have been my ear. That could have been your ear. Yeah. You know, it's like when you, like, yeah, when people get, like, tragedies happen to people close to you, you're like, oh, my God. That was me. That's crazy. Like, there's no reason it was her. And it wasn't like she was, like, rubbing her ear around the ear monster hole. You know, she was just, like, asleep at night one night. Yeah. And it just went in right in. I don't know how every survivor isn't just wearing the buff across their ears at that point. Like, (laughs) like, my new luxury item is earmuffs. What three things you want to bring with you on the survivor? Earplugs, earmuffs, and a shower cap. Well, let this be a lesson to future contestants. Never clean your ears for, like, months before you go out there. You want to, like, get a real... You know, just gross, waxy. I feel like that know. would attract more things. I was, I was thinking kind of like block them out. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying. But I don't know. I don't know. We need to, this is a new strategy for the game. Ear cleanliness or ear dirtiness. And the whole time during this sequence of, I think there's a bug inside my ear. I think there's a, at no point we have medical, medical. Can somebody uh, come look at this thing? That's the craziest part. <laughs> That's the craziest part is that how long it took, like how long she suffered with that. And it, you know, it happens at night. 
as again, I can attest, and I really feel like this whole episode was just like speaking to all mm -hmm. of my traumas. Um, when you're having a medical emergency at night, there's very little they can do. You know, I mean, I'm sure if like you were on fire, someone would be out there with a hose or you know a bucket at least. But you know, when you're that kind of emergency, it's like there there's not that much they can do right then. Yeah, the ear thing was a real, <laughs> real. Can you imagine? Bummer. I'm sure everyone is imagining just the sound of little, you know, whatever, like thousand feet footsteps in your ear at that point. It's so terrible. Steven, many people listen to this show with earbuds. Like, don't don't creep them out. <laughs> don't make people all of you right now. Are yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the other two tribes, because I think that this is a very fun group that we have here. Uh, and the Braun tribe, certainly they had their own drama throughout this episode. But there was drama unfolding on both the Brains and the Beauty tribe. Stephen, what yeah. speaks to you more? Is this the know-it-alls? Let's talk about the Brains tribe first. I think so. And, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, I actually am responsible for one of the brains this season. I yes, you are Joe Del Campo's grandson, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got Joe Cat. No, I got Liz Markham Cast. Look at you. It's a great story. I met Liz on OkCupid. We dated. <laughs> wow. Yes. And I saw her profile on OkCupid. And I was like, this girl is if it doesn't work out as a date, I'm, I've got to get her on Survivor because she's so perfect for Survivor. So we went out a couple of times and, you know, had a great time, but, it, you know, it didn't it didn't obviously work out. And I was like, all right, great. Like, let's 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 send you to, to casting. And I can thank Liz, actually, for my current relationship because um, she was the one who said on OkCupid, listen, you got to sort people by percentage match. You know, rather than she's just a like quantitative strategist. Exactly. She knows that the algorithm is the secret to love. And that's how I, I found my current girlfriend. So it's, uh, you know, I got a list to thank. And yeah. So your move when you break up with somebody is, you know, it's, you know, it's not working out with us, but let me <laughs> introduce you to my friend, Lynn. <laughs> she's going to, the world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that makes me someone more desirable to date, you know, because if it doesn't work out, you know, maybe you'll wind up on uh, on television. Yeah, boy. And yeah, if you ever end up single again, all these people that want to get on Survivor <laughs> are just going to be clamoring at your door. Yeah, this is great advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a whole world out there. All right. So, Stephen, okay. So, you are, uh, you know Liz well. Uh, did you date anybody else on this cast? <laughs> nobody. No, nobody else. Okay. All right. So then talk to me about how you felt Liz did on well, wait, night one. One thing I should say is that I spoke to Liz after the, you know, after, in between the seasons, right after she came back and, and I, you know, said, don't, don't want any spoilers, but like I wanted to run things by her. Whatever about. you do, cover your ears the entire time, Steven. This is <laughs> not a joke. <laughs> no, but we talked about footwear, which was like crazy because I ended up getting some crazy foot thing. Yeah. So it's like the one piece of advice I did get was a disaster um anyway okay so how did you think that she did on night one because she's sort of in the midst of this power struggle of the uh the young hot people yeah. versus the old people i thought she was great I, I thought her position was perfect you know she's in the middle of it she's in with the young people but she's not like she's not the aubrey who's freaking out you know and she's <laughs> not even the neil out. who's kind of like maybe leading it a little bit did you get the sense that like neil was like sort of the one pushing it the most. 
I felt like Liz was pushing it the most, but she might just be the best narrator in that group. Yes. And she's definitely like got great, you know, very clear confessionals. Yes. Did you work on that with her? Did you work on uh, being a (laughs) 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 narrating? (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that she was very, she was very good. And she really summed it up that uh, you have Joe and Debbie are the outliers. And yeah, who knew the shelter people started in season 32 before right. even uh, before even Terry and Invitas and Kelly Wigglesworth got there. You have I love your tweet. Ori- it was like the original beach people versus shelter people. Yeah. yeah. It's the legacy of that island. You can't help it. Yeah. So we have these four people of that we have where we have Dr. Peter, we have Liz, we have Neil, and we also and we also have Aubrey. Uh, and again, maybe Aubrey is switching over to the older people who took care of her. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. You know, it's so funny how quickly the game changes. You know, you have um, this one core group that says, like, hey, we're with each other on day one. And then, you know, we saw it last season with Abby and Terry. Now, I'm not trying to compare Aubrey with Abby. You know, I would never say do that say that about anybody. But, um, you know, getting that kind of comfort can really create a lot of loyalty. So that, that really could, you know, who, know, who knows? Like, maybe nothing comes of that and maybe something comes of that. Can you relate to Aubrey's freaking out? Because it wasn't so much. I mean, she said at first it seemed like it was physical, but she said it was more mental by the end of it. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like was that she was like, please, people take care of me. You know, I think (laughs) that's never like a great. All I need is just some fruit and some water and some food. You can (laughs) just go gather that for me. (laughs) Asking for water is one thing, but then when you're like asking for fruit and shellfish, you know. It is crazy. I mean, it was, I, I know that it was super hot out there. They were there like the hot, it, we were there, it was hot and they were there at a hotter time of year. So the fact that they were all out like working in the heat is maybe dumb is the word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that is tough because that the one time that I did not feel well in either survivor season was sort of like at the end of the second day where I was like, I really got to exert myself to try to build the shelter. Cause I don't want people to think I'm sort of like the weak link. And right. I really like it is not a fun moment where it's like and I, and I sort of came out of it very quickly, but it was just like very scary to sort of like, are they going to vote me off because I don't feel good, but I have to lay down right now. Yeah, no, that's the crazy thing. Like, what do you what do you do in that situation when you're sick? Like you want to show strength, but, it, you know, in some people, I feel like Cochran kind of like handled it perfectly right with his sunburn, just like drunk, like making a lot of fun of himself, I think is the way to do it, you know? Yeah. All right. So we had that struggle going on there with Aubrey, but then we also had the beauty tribe tonight where the dynamics changed a couple of times where it seems like that. And I feel like I had this right in my season previews that the three women were sort of from the jump. They were all still together, but then yeah. their opinions on the guys seemed to shift a bit. And it started off that Ty Trang looked like that he was going to be the guy who was in really good with all the women and maybe also America's favorite survivor ever. But he's great. He is great. He's fantastic. We love Ty. But very quickly, uh, that Ty Trang went out looking for the idol. Steven, do you have any insight into what's going on here? I felt like this whole episode was like delving into all of my like neuroses and regrets, but, but, uh, you know what? Like it's one of those things where like you go and if you don't get caught, you look brilliant. And if you do get caught, you look stupid, you know? And it's like, you don't have that much. I mean, he was pretty bad about it. Right. Where he was like, Mm -hmm. okay, you guys walk ahead and I'm just going to walk behind this bush and do some things. You know, that was a little bit extreme. And I also think on a try, 
it's it's like hard. Like on a tribe of ten people, is it easier to like kind of get lost in the shuffle, or is it you know, or or a tribe of six people? A tribe of six people, you know, there's fewer people looking over their shoulder at you, but it's also like easier to keep track of where everybody is. Right, right. Kai Trang. I mean, it was almost as though he got his hand caught in the cookie jar. And then he was confronted about it, and he's like, yeah, I just need five more minutes. Could I, could yeah, you, could you just come back? That was the best part. He's like, all right, I'm just going to keep looking right here. Uh, y'all go back. Like, that was, that was the worst <laughs> save, you know. Yeah. Also, to be fair, he did say, he didn't, like, pretend he wasn't looking for the idol. And that's kind of one thing I've actually liked about, you know, Scott Pollard, too, and he was like, oh, I'm a professional basketball player. And I was like, yeah. I, I wasn't looking, you know, I was looking for the idol. Yeah. Like, just admit it. You know, people know, like, lying about small things is the worst thing you can do because then no one believes you ever. Yeah, to the point that I'm not sure if anybody lied about anything tonight. I think the Liz, only time Liz anybody. Lied. Liz lied about her job. She said she worked for the government when that was, she actually worked for, uh, you know, for, for Wall Street. Okay. And yeah. also Alicia said, maybe I have the idol, maybe I don't. But really, it was very, <laughs> very straightforward all the way around. And we're used to so much on these re- Survivor and Big Brother people coming in and saying, oh, Stupid I'm actually, lies. Yeah. right, I'm a, you know, I'm a worker, not a cop. <laughs> right. But everybody is pretty straightforward about just about everything uh, that they're doing. So then on this brain stripe, so we have Beast Mode Cowboy. This I know you are not a Big Brother fan, right? You did not yeah. watch Big Brother 16? No. Okay, so this was your first exposure to Beast Mode Cowboy. Was it a positive or negative experience for you? So I, you know, I'd seen on Twitter a lot of people were like, oh my God, I can't believe they're bringing this guy back. I I thought, and obviously Survivor is you know much more edited than than Big Brother is. You know, there's you don't you're not getting those 24 hour cams. But I I thought he was totally charming, mm-hmm. right? Like like very gregarious. You know, like I liked him. Yeah, I think that if you didn't see Big Brother, I feel like people are going to come away from a from this season, especially the way that Jeff is talking about him in the preseason. It seems like that it's going to be a positive experience with Caleb here on survivor. I don't know how he's going to do, but it seems like that they're not talking about him. Like, boy, this guy is a real loon. Wait till you see how crazy this guy is. Right. So I do think that if you don't have like the backstory of big brother 16, I think that you're going to have a very uh, positive experience. And again, who knows how it'll end up going, but at least in the early running, I think that you're going to have a positive uh, experience of Caleb. Yeah, he's out of the gay confessional. Like, I've got more heart than anybody. I'll stand on my tiptoes. You know, I, standing on your tiptoes is hard. <laughs> I guess if you have, like, good calves. Yeah. Got to put a block on your head. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so it seems as though where it looked like that maybe it looked like that the women were going to work with Ty. But then after we had the whole thing that happened with searching for the hidden immunity idol, it's almost as if uh, Nick and Caleb are in the good graces with the women and Ty is on the outs. It's funny, like, too, I, I love that little scene where um, the girls went looking for Ty, and they were like, yeah, looking for the idol puts a big target on you. And then, like, one of the other girls was like, yeah, now he's got a target. And it was almost like, this is going to sound, I don't know, like, it, it was like they were acting out something they'd seen on television. You know, like, they didn't necessarily think it put a target on them, but they knew, oh, you look for the idol, so now we target you. You know, it felt like, did you get that impression at all? It's like... <laughs> Like the, the ritual was so codified of like, oh, we've caught you. Now you're the target. You know, there was no actual like thought of like, what does this mean? It was like, this is what we do now. Yeah, I think that that's very meta. I don't know. I have to I have to process that. I don't know. Yeah. 
I have to go back and watch that scene when I do my rewatch of the episode. So yeah. for Ty Trang, do you think that he can get out of this? Or do you think that he's sort of dead to rights now? I feel like he's in a tricky spot, but I think the beauty tribe is stacked, right? If you look at that tribe in terms of like challenge strength, like they're stronger across the board than any of the other. Then I think they're the strongest tribe out of the gate, right? Like I feel like they're stronger than Braun. Don't you, would you agree with that? It's tough. I think that all the challenges, all, all the teams are pretty evenly matched along the way. I mean, I was really surprised that Brains ended up coming in first on this tribe, on this challenge. Well, they, they pulled ahead a lot of the puzzle. I mean, the one thing I was, I mean, you know, they've got Joe who is old, but he's ripped. You know, he's the one he's, he's the oldest. He and Rudy were both 72 at the start of their first season. Correct. So they're like Ty. Rudy, I guess, because he came back in all-star as would te- technically be the oldest ever. But, um, you know, He's a beast. He's so muscly. But but uh, <laughs> Joe, you're talking about what? Joe's Joe, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in some ways, Steven. like the Braun tribe is the uh, weakest. Like they have like right, like with Alicia and you know Darnell. Obviously, was a, a big liability. They're not like necessarily the strongest tribe. So, do you think it was a mistake for Braun to rest on their laurels and vote out a strong guy? In the, and again, that I think that Darnell, this was not his ideal first challenge. Do you think that it was a mistake to keep probably the person who was the weakest physically just because they're Braun? I don't know. I think in a, in a three tribe season, you have to expect a lot of right. They're they're going to swap. They're going to merge. They're going to you know who knows what's going to happen. I think you keep loyalty. You know, if you lose again, you've got Alicia to vote out next week. But it, I, we were both positing Darnell probably was not fitting in. Maybe they saw a connection between him and Sydney. That's that's the move. You yeah. take the strategic move. Okay. Right? Do you think that he alienated anybody with his aqua dump? <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of it. I was so first of all. I'm so happy they included that scene. And I have got like, I have had more tweets about yes. people in the water. Again, this like, is, this is your, Stephen, this is like yeah. people like, uh, this is, they're just like uh, reimagining your life on Survivor. <laughs> it really was. Um, you know, you can, the people, you know, if you can poop in either place, but uh, there's some suggestion that it's more sanitary to poop in the water. The problem is if it gets stormy and there's a current, you know, it's, it's hard. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the I had tweeted is, when you're in the water with Darnell, I'm not sure if you would rather have the goggles or not have the goggles. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily want to see what's happening. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, but, um, you know, you got to walk away from camp. You know, you don't just, if you can talk to the people who, are there you're not far away enough you know we had like a marker on um on on cambodia in cambodia we, you go past the marker and that's like that's the poop log you know anything past that you know yeah past the marker take the yeah. cap off right <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Stephen, what did you think of that moment where alicia tried to draw on the parchment with the cap on the marker that's a survivor <laughs> first right <laughs> <laughs> Did you? What do you think? Did you ever do that, or did you always take the know to take the cap off? I always knew to take the cap off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah worst cap at a tribal council since Andrew Savage, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that was, was a good. very funny moment. I mean, that was uh, you know everybody like the editors had to have loved that clip to include it. 
it's just perfect because it like plays into what they were already saying about her. You know, it like played into her so perfectly. All right, let's talk about some people that we have not discussed yet that made a good impression for you, and then I want to talk about somebody who who we haven't talked about that you has made a bad impression on you. Yeah. Well, so what did you think of your former blogger Nick? I thought that Nick. Well, I know that people we're were really piling on on him in the preseason. I thought that he had a pretty okay outing on the first night. I don't think he did anything where if you didn't read anything in the preseason and you just started watching the episode tonight. I don't think he really did one thing where you're like, oh, I hate Nick. Oh, that guy is the worst. Yeah. He had like a bunch of cocky confessionals about how handsome he was and how like life was better for him because he was so handsome. But yeah, I thought he was fine. You know, he seemed to like fit in. I mean, he and and Kayla both were kind of douchey. Oh, those chickens are going to get killed. I'm going to kill those chickens. They're going to live for a few days. Like, didn't you kill Juicy J? Yeah, but I didn't mock her while she was alive. You know, I wanted her to have a good life. Um, and, you know, same with with uh, right with with uh, Caleb. You know, when he was just like chopping at the tree, like extra. It's so bro. You know, like Ty's like, oh, don't hurt that tree, and he's like, it can't hit me back. You know what? What a yeah. Lame well, what's with Ty Trang that he's like, I don't like it if anybody is gonna hurt plants or anything that's good and then he's going to look for the idol he completely <laughs> uproots a tree trees. and throws it over his shoulder like it's nothing but didn't he replant it <laughs> that i guess so i guess so i mean that seems like that's doing more damage than what caleb did to that one part of the tree i don't know i think ty just didn't want to go too you know don't wound it beyond all repair <laughs> yeah and then i have to say also i did not like uh when caleb came out and was talking about how Ty Trang should not be on the beauty tribe and that uh, he has glasses yeah. like Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi doesn't even have glasses. Yeah, I feel like there was some that was that was like slang for something not, you know, I don't know what he's thinking of. That is not I, I did. I even did a Google search for Mr. Miyagi glasses and there was like one point where Mr. Miyagi has like reading glasses and there's like no frames. He has like uh, like just like like just like what do you what do you call that? Just like the thin wire. So your problem with it is just that he doesn't really understand glasses fashion. Or the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, who played, you know, in the reboot who, with, with Jaden Smith? Who played Mr. Miyagi there? Oh, you know, I, uh, I think it was Jackie Chan, but I'm not sure. Maybe he wasn't Miyagi. Huh? Maybe. I didn't, I didn't think maybe he's thinking of the reboot. That's right. Maybe he was thinking of maybe uh, I have not seen the uh, Jaden Smith reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's thinking of an original novel, maybe in the book. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, is there anybody else that made a negative impression on you that we haven't talked about? Um, Negative. I mean, we haven't, I mean, we haven't talked about Debbie, but she made, obviously she made a tremendously positive impression on me. Yes. Are you being sarcastic? No, I think I used to be of the mindset of like, I don't want annoying people on my TV. But now as a lot, you know, now that's like seven years of. Yeah, you tweeted earlier tonight. You're happy to see coach back on your TV. (laughs) She's so coach. She's so coach. And she she knows it, actually. Um, The great thing. So, like, I feel like she's the token sheens coach. You know, I think coach after a couple of seasons, he like got into the whole like mythology and like it was much more about like, these are the quotes I'm going to use and like. Season one, token chains. Coach was just this like pure, 
blustery vulnerability is what I'm calling it, which is like, you know, he like he claimed he could do everything and yet he never actually showed us anything, you know, and even especially with like, I'm the greatest fire starter. Let me, she was coaching from the sidelines and she was giving the wrong information from the sidelines. It was so coach. It reminded me so much of like all of his little, if I go to exile Island, I'm not going to ever make fire and I'm not going to eat. And it's like, yeah, we know. Cause you don't know how to make fire. Like we get it coach. Um, obviously coach grew and he learned, but you know, and like that was the, the wonder of coach is that he could go from being, you know, that's why he's this iconic character, yeah. but you know, she's so cool. Don't you think I, when she was talking about her jobs and listing things off about like, uh, I do this and I do this and I do this and I also do this. And then sometimes on the weekend, I'll go pick up a ship to red lobster. <laughs> yeah. That was very good. <laughs> why well, red the editors probes a few people pointed this out on twitter the editors apparently for her profession they changed it every time that they, they cited her in a chiron oh, that's funny I, I like it whenever they do stuff like that that's always yeah can we talk about scott pollard also because i was actually pretty impressed with him i thought that he might be yeah. one of these guys that's sort of like in the what the hell do i need this aggravation for but I think that he came out and was playing pretty hard. And I think that dynamic between him and Kyle on that brains on that brawn tribe is going to be very interesting to watch yes. because they do seem like they're both scoundrels. Yeah. I love that scoundrels. They're great too. They're great. Like, like the, just the, the shots of them standing together. I love, you know, cause he's just so big and, and, and Kyle's not. Um, yeah. I, you know, like I said earlier, like when they came out and said, what do you think of, you know, he, he admits he's a professional basketball player. I love that. You know, he said he went over to, to Alicia and was like, you know, you're safe. Just stop scheming, <laughs> you know, even even mm -hmm. really get through to her. Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought he was great. Yeah, because it's interesting to see him come out and say, hey, I'm a professional basketball player, but also be sort of like playing hard also where it's not like he's doing the thing of like, hey, yeah, I played in the NBA. So and just sort of like being like Cliff Robinson just tr was, I think. Right. Uh, and I do think that Cliff was was playing, but I think that he wasn't playing as uh, as hard of a game as Scott is playing early on where Scott's really going for it. Um. Yeah. What do you what about, you know, what about Scott versus Jeff Kent? Yeah, Jeff Kent, he played hard, but he was sort of like the, oh, shucks, I'm just a guy that I, you know, I put motorcycles together and to, you know, right. and, and he was really like getting his group together. Like, hey, let's get out Penner. I don't trust him. But he wasn't owning also who he was at the same time. Right, 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 right. So. Yeah, no, I thought, I mean, and it really seemed like Scott sort of, and, you know, Kyle as well, sort of they, uh, it kind of was like a little bit of a power cluster there. So I liked that with, uh, with Jennifer. Yeah, overall, I really feel very positive about this group after night one. Yeah, you mean the whole like the brawn or or no, this, the whole the, the group the the uh, seventeen remaining yeah. players? Like, I feel I like that some there's something interesting about just about everybody that's left out there. And I I think that the show did a great job of presenting all of them to us. Like, I felt like it was an incredibly balanced episode where I really got a sense for everyone. Like, did you feel like there was anyone you didn't come away with knowing a little bit at least? No, I think they did a really good job. I think that the three tribe format really does speak to that. Like even in your season last season with the two tribes of 10, there were a lot of people that they didn't focus on. You didn't really, for a while we we're sort of like even people who are big personalities like a Sierra, we didn't right. really get to see much of her until four or five episodes in. And then you had people like that, like a Monica who was pretty invisible early on. So I don't think there was one person that you could say, boy, that person really was invisible in night one. Yeah, I, I think everyone really got a lot of good, uh, you know, really got a sense of like 
both who they were and where they fit into yeah. the tribe. You know, I thought it was great. Three I got, tribes, like, 90 minutes that you really can do a lot there with that sort of setup. All right, let's get into some of these questions, Stephen. I know you love the questions. You're back. Yeah. Give us your first question back. Oh, my God. Okay. CS Doctor Who fan Clayton Scott wants to know, is the Braun tribe already doomed to be the train wreck tribe? Good okay. question. There's always a train wreck tribe on these three tribes. Well, not seasons. always. I feel like in Worlds Apart, we didn't really have a train wreck tribe. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, the, the, the brains, yeah, I guess, or the, whatever they were. White they only went to not. tribal once. All right. Maybe they were just individually trained. Yeah, wrecked. no collar went twice. And yeah. the blue collar went once and they only went that first time. We thought they were going to be the train wreck after the first night, but they never went back to tribal council. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. I think you need a train wreck tribe because it's the, really that's the story early on where you have a one tribe that's just a disaster and it's like, are <laughs> they going to get their act together? And it's always fun to have like the hubris tribe, you know, the tribe that like sticks together and then completely implodes at the merch. Does it, do you think that Braun will continue on on this path of being a train wreck? Because I don't really feel like they will. The thing is, I don't see more conflict on Braun than on any of the other tribes. You know, like there's no real we haven't seen any like explosive conflict brewing. Right. Like beauty. We've got Ty, who's kind of on the outs because he was caught looking for an idol brains. There's like a little bit of like the young versus the old thing. But, you know, who knows? And then on Braun, you know, Alicia's a little bit of an outcast. And like maybe Sydney is, you know, was, was not, is not going to be happy that Darnell was voted out. But there's no sort of like big, you know, big clash of personalities yet. Yeah. We haven't had too much fighting yet, but maybe, uh, maybe it's to come. But I think that but it's Braun, nice. I like that. You like no fighting. I mean, obviously I want conflict, but I thought it was like, I thought it was like, we got 18 people out here. They're all playing the game. You know, they're all doing their best. You know, we don't need like, I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, you know, bullying or worlds apart kind of like, you know, that, obviously that, that we're talking about the scope of a season versus a single episode. So, you know, okay. we'll see. All right, let's go to our next question. This is from Carrie Rapp, who says, who surprised you tonight? Who didn't? Well, I feel like that Scott Pollard was a big surprise for me in terms of what he was doing. Is there anybody that you would say was not a surprise for you? Uh, who did you have not- pegged coming into this? I knew Liz was going to be a smart game player who's going to do well, so I'm 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 happy to I'm happy to see that she's 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 right in there. Will it annoy you if Liz wins the game? <laughs> no, I'd be because delighted. how much better is that? I, from, that from, from what I understand, yeah. the person who's closest with Stephen Fishback in any given season <laughs> is always the winner. Go back to Token Sheens, yeah. JT closest with and, Stephen Fishback. That's that's the winner. Okay, Survivor Survivor twenty six. Cochran plays oh. closest with Steven on the board. Would you yeah. say, is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Winner. Yeah. Season 27, you know, Tyson closest uh-huh. with Steven winner. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy winner. You won the, the podcast award. Yeah. Now you won the yeah. people's choice award for yeah. podcasting. Yes. Sophie. <laughs> Can we do ex post facto? I know it's outrageous. It's really outrageous. Um, <laughs> uh, a coach didn't win that season, so that's. That would I guess that. so. I guess so. The season that coach played with Ozzy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that maybe. Well, you ended up being closer with Sophie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it was destiny. Uh, so I guess you know. I guess whoever wins this season will be my new best friend. <laughs> yeah, and you always want to be friends with the people that have the money. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about uh, Brandy? What does she have to say? Brandy uh, wants to know. 
why is looking for an idol such a bad thing? Self-preservation shouldn't be punished. This is sort of what I was saying. You know, I think it's like this idea of, you know, first of all, I think anyone kind of like doing something schemy and not telling you, you kind of don't don't like that, right? But I agree. I think those those the girls were like so like plugged into this idea of he's looking for the idol, so we need to target him. You know, there wasn't a sense of like, well, what does this mean? Like, should we talk to him about it? Like, how can I use this to my advantage? Like it was just kind of like plugging into this narrative of idols that I think, you know, I think that that always happens. And it's why it's great when they bring something new into the game, like an advantage where it's like, Oh, I have to think about this and like assess this rather than just kind of playing the game that I've seen be played before. Well, I think to the people that are out there, it's like, boy, Ty is looking for the idol. He's not saying like, Hey, what we should go look for the idol. I'll look over here. You look over there. He's doing his own thing. And he's sort of gone rogue. And so he's not looking out for the group. And why is he looking for the idol? So people but can't you, vote. Nobody's look, but that's like, not, like no one really thinks someone is looking out for the group. Like it's Survivor. But hold know? on. But wasn't your whole thing in last season was that I want to find the idol so that I can build a coalition with people. And I, and I, I want to find this idol as a group with Jeremy and with the people on Bion so that we can sort of come, come up with a a feeling that we are an alliance that will be tighter because we found the idol together. I wanted to be the one finding the idol as part of that coalition. You know, I wanted it to be in my hands. And in fact, there was like a little section of wood uh, that I was pretty sure the idol was going to be hidden in. And I didn't even tell Jeremy about it. And it turned out actually that was the place where he had previously found the idol, but you know, so it's like, <laughs> you clue. want to be, yeah, the clue. Right. Well, uh, and, and you want to be part of the people looking you know, you want, so, you know, we don't know like how Ty would have used it. And that's why I'm thinking like with these girls, it's like, I guess like when you're with a group of people and they're all saying, oh, Ty is looking, I guess then you have to kind of just to be flexible be like, oh, I'm with this group. Yeah. Ty's on the outs. But, you know, maybe privately you go up to Ty and say, hey, you know, let's let's find that idol together. Yeah. Okay, let's go to another question from Ann Margaret. Wow, I didn't know Ann Margaret even watches this show. Who is the new <laughs> Amber for Caleb? Will he reach stalker status on Survivor? I don't think so. And we didn't see Caleb talking about any sort of romantic engagements. I know that he is, I believe he's engaged in real life now. I'm not sure again what the timeline is, if he had a girlfriend when he went to go play Survivor. So I didn't see any sort of uh, potential showmancing going on for Caleb here. Now, can you, I, I don't know this reference. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to be try to artfully talk about this because I know that uh, it's a sensitive subject for some, but there was a woman on big brother 16 and her name was Amber and Caleb really had a thing for her and she, the, the feelings were not mutual, but there would often be, and the, and you know, the other players in the house, like the uh, Derricks and people like that, uh, would also sort of get Frank, you know, they're bored and they would get Caleb sort of worked up about like, Hey, you should go ask her out. You should go talk to her. And then he would like always want to ask her out on, on a date. She did not really want to go on a date. The show <laughs> certainly made it seem like she was awfully uncomfortable uh, with that sort of courtship. And eventually, you know, people would throw around the S word quite a bit online and so uh, that's and then when he when she was no longer in the game, then he was uh, much more focused and grounded. OK, OK, he's, he's, a, he's a man who loves love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he loves, um, loves love. 
Uh, Louis Estrada wants to know, was it a bad social move for Jason to openly talk about expectations at tribal council? Yeah, I don't know, Stephen, that you do talk about how, you know, you got the infamous advice from Cochran about sort of like talking things through right. at tribal council because then people will look at you as being, you know, more strategic than emotional. And I, I know that uh, you've sort of said that, you know, things that Cochran told you worked and didn't work for you in right. season 31. So did you like the way that Jason approached tribal council? Because he was very forthcoming with everything he was thinking. Um, yeah, I agree. I think he was a little, it was a little bit over the top, right? Like he's like, if you're um, calling people out at tribal council, you know, they're not going to, but it's funny though. Like I, I, in token chains was very tight lipped about what I was saying about people at tribal council to the point where I basically said nothing at tribal council. And I was always shocked on subsequent seasons and in token chains. And then certainly at the start of Cambodia where people were, would just say these things. And then it was like, ah, oh, well, we said that in tribal council, you know, like that's just us all clearing the air. And I think that to a certain degree, people do use tribal council that way. I think the way the, the what tribal council is has evolved where people now you like are using, you know, people are more open about what they say at tribal council and it doesn't necessarily affect you when you go back to the game. And I think that it's like, it is like almost like a safe space in a weird way to like, so it's funny like again like every part of me as a as a sort of mid-school old school player from season 18 no you're new school now well that's what i'm saying my old parts you know believe mm -hmm. like don't you know keep your mouth shut and just be nice to everyone but my new parts think that like you know what you can be a little you can shoot a little bit more from the hip in tribal council you're transitioning yeah <laughs> i mean between philosophies yes transitioning between yeah. philosophies so you know, the thing with Kyle was that he talked about how that he was, they asked him, who stands out? And he's like, well, Darnell and Blondie. Yeah. And, you know, it was almost like that he talked about her with some disdain. And it's one thing if it was like really like behind the scenes, he's like, hey, you know, listen, Alicia, you and I, we're good. We're good. But it's almost like that he was making a point of that he doesn't even know her name. And I can't feel like that was yeah. all a ruse and a cover for their actually secretly close relationship. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, it was too much. Um, I'm trying to, you know, I, I gave the fishy to, uh, to Kyle and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, somehow justify that now because it does seem <laughs> yeah, like he made what, a lot of mistakes. It does uh, seem like there's a lot. You're right. Like, you know, Talking through it with you, I, I, I'm seeing a lot more, you know, a lot more of that stuff. You know, it's hard. Like, you, you, snap, you make these snap judgments, you know, watching the episode, and then suddenly you're like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that was not that great. But, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I liked him. So you uh, followed Samoa very closely. It was the first season after you played initially when you first started finding your voice with your people blogs. Do you feel like that there is enough of the positive things that Russell did, at least early on in Samoa out of Kyle? Are you seeing that sort of similarity? Well, the positive stuff that Russell did, right, he, he he's you know, got his kind of his allies who are all loyal to him individually. I don't mm. think Kyle's Kyle, – I, 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 I did like Kyle sort of like – Maybe they'll all be truthful in a way. All my alliances, mm -hmm. you know, you, you did see him kind of getting in everybody's ear a little bit. Um, and, you know, and um, then, you know, I guess that was really the, the major thing. You know, is he like Russell, Russell, less Russellian? Russell like, won people over early on. 
he was very charming and he won people over. He that's exactly right. Uh, you know, he told like a sort of sob story about himself that wasn't true. Uh, and then secretly he was doing all these things to sabotage people. And he was such a, that's what made him so compelling. Mm -hmm. And also what kind of like got him actually a really strong position in his first tribe where he was sort of everybody's ally. Um, yeah, I don't, I, not, not right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a few more questions here tonight. First, know-it-all's back for Stephen Fishback. Joyful wants to know, can Ty recover from his idol blunder? I mean, it's only day three. We've seen people come back from much worse uh, circumstances than this, right? Yeah. I think once the little bit of game plays out, this is all forgotten. You know, once people start getting voted off, once alliances are formed, you know, who cares what you did, you know, three days ago. Okay. What about this one from Voices of Silence? Voices of Silence wants to know, assuming the 3-3 three, three was intention, an intentional idol-preventing move, that's an interesting idea, oh. how, how long can the four strong people stick together and is Blondie doomed? Now, I saw some people suggesting that on Twitter, too, that this was an intentional, the, the split was intentional. I, I mean, based on the edit we saw, we saw, like, Kyle and uh, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer making that, that decision in the moment kind of or Kyle, especially deciding in the moment to switch. So I don't, I didn't really see say Wait, the question's gone. Where's the second half of the question? Uh, well, let's just talk about the idea of whether or not it was the, is there any possibility that that was a vote split? Then that didn't even occur to me based on the, what we saw in the edit of Darnell talking about his story and then Kyle and uh, Jennifer talking about that through. Do you think, is, is that even possible? Because I mean, who would be the third person to uh, end up voting? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's conceivable. And then when, when, when Jennifer and Kyle are talking about swing, changing their votes, what they really mean is that they're going to change their votes to um, change their votes back, like in the second vote. But they Because, yeah, if, if you that. had the group of four, wouldn't you yeah. end up with a 2-2-2 two, two, two vote split? Like, hypothetically, if you thought Darnell had the idol – and you thought that Darnell and Sydney were a thing, and then you felt good about your four. I guess if you felt that Darnell and Sydney might have potentially flipped somebody over to vote with their, to vote with their two. Oh, I don't know. I think that's overcom. I mean, that's getting too complicated. But if there's like a slight chance that someone is an idol, do you split the vote? I mean, that's the that's the perennial question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do a couple more. Doug Potter wants to know: Is Debbie getting the uh, fish? The fishy? Uh, I mean, uh, the dodo edit? Oh, come on! Uh, that Doug. Stop. I it. thought Aubrey really got. You know, maybe Ali, you know Alicia. If anybody got the uh, the fishback edit, or the uh, or Aubrey got that. I thought you know Debbie got the classic coach edit. You know, look at this like wacky person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about from Clayton Scott? Clayton Scott wants to know how big of a turnaround for Aubrey goes Marek to making the challenge look like a piece of cake. It was a big turnaround. It was good. She, she really, she did a great job in that challenge. Redemption story. Redemption story for sure. And I think that was kind of how it was set up, right? Like definitely a redemption story for Aubrey. Okay. All is forgotten. All right. Matthew says is maybe because she ate all that fruit though. It seems kind of unfair. Maybe get extra energy from <laughs> all got the, the extra fruit. That's right. Like, like Tyson, the coconut bandit. Yeah. Is exactly. something happening that we're not seeing causing the Darnell hatred. Uh, one of, uh, Jessica Lisa's, uh, pet peeves. Uh, so is, do you feel like there's Darnell hatred? I mean, I think we've sort of discussed this already. I think we probably both think that, right. That Darnell was, um, 
there was more going on than we saw, obviously. I mean, we know for sure there's more going on than we saw. And probably there was other things happening that like specifically made them choose Darnell. Right. I mean, the only previous time I can think of on Survivor when somebody lost the goggles in some sort of a uh, challenge was back in the Philippines. Uh, when Mike oh, Scoopin, yeah, <laughs> classic, classic. Yes, cla- uh, classic Mike Scoopin, uh, dove into the <laughs> water and sh- and just shattered the goggles. And an artist who hated him for quite, you know, he was the he was the first one on that bandwagon, and uh, that he was very upset about that whole thing. Yeah, Mike Scoopin. Uh, I was. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, losing the goggles is never a good Maybe thing. It's it's unforgivable. It's like you you blow the challenge for everybody. Uh, but, you know, I, there's got to be more. There's got to be more, right? I mean, uh, all right. Sebastian Reich wants to know, is CBS overplaying the Medivac theme with the bug and the anxiety scene, showing us scenes that wouldn't normally make the cut? Listen, somebody gets a bug yeah, lodged in their burrowing into their brain. That's making the yeah. cut any season. That is making the cut. That's making the cut on heroes versus villains. And Aubrey, you know, her little breakdown too, you know, I think that's making the cut. I mean, these are like high drama moments. You know, these are the character moments that are the heart and soul of the show. So I think that, you know, especially with a 90 minute episode, and I think that's also part of it, why it maybe felt like, you know, you had like a second to breathe with some of these moments is because there's, there's more time. Here, let's do one last question here with Steven. Uh, John Mack says, when was the last time they started the game without probes chatting uh, with everyone first? No Matt chat. Yeah, what was the last time we did that? Well, we had Jeff on the boat. I think that counts. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, they, I mean, that's, how it, they, that's the way they started your season where it was everybody, was on a, was everybody was on the boat. I mean, I think- We that, had some boat chat, though. Yeah. No, I think that we usually do that. I mean, I think going back to Philippines, I think it's the same sort of start like that where we kicked everybody off the boat. And everybody's like, we've got a bunch of stuff on this boat and you got 10 seconds. And then Penner was like, or what happens? Yeah. Like, you get your ass out of here, Penner. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a similar sort of opening, I think, to uh, Philippines, another Philippine yeah. similarity. All right, Stephen, tomorrow we will have Darnell here on the podcast to talk about wow. what what went uh, co- what could go wrong for him. I'm so curious to hear what 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 he says. What he, that like, should be a I good mean, one. Of course, yeah. you could hear Steve or you could read Stephen is back with the people blog ongoing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be up about it's it's that is it's posted. So it's uh, I'll I'll be tweeting it as soon as we're done here. Follow the great at Stephen Fishback on Twitter to uh, find out when that is going to go up. Plus, we are going to have uh, our recap with Jeff Varner coming up on Thursday. Plus. Your voicemails with Bryce Isaiah. Get your voicemails in. Go to robiswebsite.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. Then one week from tonight, Stephen and I will be live together for the West Coast Know-It-Alls. A little bit of a programming note there if you're coming out there that we are going to be uh, 6.30, doors open. We're starting to watch Survivor 7 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you're there for that. Don't don't come in casually later. They're going to start watching at 8.00. No, we're going to be podcasting by 8 p.m. Pacific time. How about that? So when should I get there? You should get there uh, 4 o'clock. Okay. Wow. Your call time. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, don't Will be, there be a green like, room. Will there be a green room. I don't know if Good I chips. told if I if I told this story, then then maybe people have, uh, for, you know forgot it. But the first know it alls that we ever did 
The, the one that we did, it was, uh, you know, last fall, last October, a year before you were guys were, were, uh, were playing during uh, San Juan del Sur, when, uh, that I got to the, the club for the show and Steven texted me like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't make it. <laughs> and it, it was like in the basement, like it was like, you know, these uh, sh- these rooms are often like downstairs and I had like no cell phone reception. And I don't know if you tweeted, if you texted me like just kidding or whatever, but for like a half an hour, I'm like, okay, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on on your end? What's going on over there? Ah, <laughs> oh, the small joys in life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, very excited. Can't wait to uh, get into it next week. What's the hashtag, Stephen? Oh God, Rob. Coach you know, edit. Coach. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Coach edit. <laughs> Coach edit. All right. Or hashtag Stephen's friend for the inevitable winner of any season. There we go. I like Stephen's friend. How about okay. that? How about that? And you could be Stephen's friend because uh, yeah. he's back. Uh, Josh did such a great job uh, last season uh, yeah, filling in for you right. that we're, we're going to be continuing on with uh, with Josh. He's going to have his own podcast, The Wiggle Room. We did the first episode this week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm psyched about that. I love Josh. That's great. So what, what is he going to talk about? Oh, we're talking about the, the story because that's his that's his thing of uh, talking about drama. Oh, drama. Yeah, so we're going to talk about all that uh, and much more in the Wiggle Room. We're going to talk about why so-and-so lost with David Bloomberg. You like that podcast? I do, and Bloomberg is great. Yeah, he's been covering Survivor for, like, longer yeah. than, much longer Before than I was have. on it, yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. He's, like, a, he's a true authority. So much to do. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to robisawebsite.com slash iTunes or search for Rob as a podcast in your favorite podcatcher. Looking forward to reading what you guys have to say in the comments, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Survivor, no way to-